So hello, you're all very welcome to episode three, I Spray My Mental Health podcast. We've managed to get through the first two episodes without any death threats or legal action. So that's always a good way to start. So I've received some really nice feedback. Um, I don't want to make it sound as if that's like high end, you know. Um, I received three messages <laughs> that were quite encouraging and quite complimentary to uh, what I've put out in the first two episodes. So, um, and also received this, uh, I, within those three messages um, a couple of questions relating to the content, which is great because that's how the conversation will evolve. Um, if I can put out content and um, opinion that's interesting to people, um, that's engaging, it, it obviously opens up the door for a, a two-way conversation. And if people send in questions or queries or even their own opinions, um, it creates a better flow to uh, to what we're putting out as a, as a podcast. So uh, for me, I mean, I'm still flying my tone and um, finding my tone and ebbs to uh, to delivery of an actual podcast itself. But uh, so far, so good. And uh, we'll just carry on. And as I said, we'll see where it takes us. So quick recap, kind of on the first two episodes. Um, first episode, I just kind of spoke about the background where the name I Spray My Mental Health came from. Um, I spoke about my own experience in volunteering for a self-help phone line. And just on that, there was I actually got a response to that because I spoke about it, the majority of phone calls I received uh, whilst sitting and listening in this particular organisation was about young people predominantly male who are lonely and just looking for phone calls looking for people to talk to so a person got in contact with me about that saying that it was interesting to hear because just traditionally when any kind of mention of self-help phone lines uh, were sort of came up in advertisements or, or otherwise there was an automatic association with, with somebody who wants to kill themselves suicide whereas Loneliness was something that never really occurred to this person. So what I kind of found interesting with that was when we talk about suicide, particularly in Ireland, we associate it with young people. When we talk about loneliness, we can easily just associate it with older people. And that's not the case. Both in equal measure affect all ages. And that's unfortunately the way it is. I'd like to stick with that theme of loneliness to kind of begin the conversation for today's episode as it's something I've I've been affected with. I don't want to say suffer with. Something I've been affected with um, throughout some of the, the darker periods of my life. Um, and there's one example that sort of sticks with me because what's strange for me, I'm, I'm always surrounded by family. Um but I love being on my own. I love time by myself. I've no issues whatsoever being on my own. Um, I'm happy enough to go. I'd go a whole day. I might not speak to anybody depending on my work or depending on what I'm doing or what I'm up to. I, I could literally go a whole day without talking to anyone. And I'm grand. I'm cool with it. Um, now when I was younger, I travelled. Travelled most of Europe. Travelled America on my own. And it was good for confidence because you're put in a situation where you sort of have to you've engaged within your your own independence, your own ability to kind of survive uh, 
socially uh, as well as within yourself and um it's cool i've always been like that um an example I, I remember seeing the film in Bruges and I just decided to book a fry to Bruges to see what it was like and actually there's fuck me Bruges that was a fucking outrageous experience that was um, Bruges my god so first up the hostel I got in Bruges I'm going completely off topic here but this this is interesting when I went to Bruges I got into a hostel and there was a bowl of fucking skittles as a sort of a welcome mat to your room at the hostel. Now I've heard a welcome mince or a little bowl of fruit or something, but a fucking bowl of skittles. It's like fucking bizarre. Which sort of set the tone for the trip itself. I was only there for a couple of days. Um, this dark town, this almost almost medieval sort of vibe to it. Um, the sort of dark and blue sky, um, everything in shadows, dim lights. Exactly like the film, actually sort of dar- darkness about it but uh best way i can describe bruges um one half of me was completely and utterly compelled and captivated by the experience and the other half was completely and utterly bored out of my fucking mind and i couldn't wait to get home but anyway i went on my own traveled on my own and it was cool it was grand i was comfortable with it i got home i had something to talk about and um that's the difference between Comfort and solitude and loneliness and skittles in a fucking bowl. So to refocus on lonesomeness as a sort of a theme related to mental health, um, there's one experience uh, in my life that I kind of remember quite vividly. Um, it was smack bang in the middle of what would have been the probably the most difficult time I went through um, when things were sort of really starting to crumble for me. Um, a friend of mine was getting married and there was a stag do down the country and you know look everybody was invited and for me I, I don't drink I've never drank alcohol and I tend not to attend stag do's um, and it's not out of ignorance or anything it's just a choice and to be fair I think it's always been understood by my friends and um, particularly when it's been abroad somewhere or it's just not something I'm into Um it's my choice just to kind of stay away um but this one particularly just because it was sort of home based I, I said i'd go and um right from the off i made up a load of lies Um i think they were heading down saturday morning i said i was working and like i wasn't it was just purely so i could drive down on my own and be alone and um, i didn't want to be with people Um they were staying in a expensive it's probably i don't even think it was an expensive hotel but i probably could have stretched it to stay there but I kind of used money as an excuse and booked a hostel nearby and booked a private room kind of hostel. Um, or it wasn't pro- it was like a semi-private, whatever that means. Um, and I kind of stuck to myself. It, it was horrendous, didn't enjoy the day. They were gone for two nights. I went for one, that's what it was. They went down on the Friday, I went down Saturday. Um, kept it to a minimum. Um, but just my mood was um, quite subdued right throughout. Um, I can't say I was probably not the best of company. And in putting on a brave face, I'm sure it was very easy for people to see that things weren't right for me. But on the night out on that Saturday, um, as it transpires, I forgot my key uh, to the hostel. And ended up being locked out. And I was quite embarrassed. I didn't want to bring this up. Because um, I didn't want to kind of go begging looking for rooms. So... It got it. I think I think I told someone eventually. Maybe the word spread about, but 
I remember making an excuse, kind of heading off and sort of saying like look it's grand i'll knock on the door i'll wake people up i'll get into this hostel it's fine um, and i kind of went on my way i was again like i remember just walking this was down in waterford Um i remember just walking the streets of waterford about three in the morning Um like just completely immersed within my own sort of <laughs> miserableness Um and i didn't knock on the door i didn't try and wake anybody i uh i got into my car and put my jacket up, put my hat on, and uh, so I was gonna go sleep in the car, and that's uh, that's exclusion, that's alienation, that that's loneliness in your heart. So I think I drifted off eventually in the car, um, on and off. I I was I felt like I let myself down, um, and I wasn't feeling very good about myself, but I remember not feeling very safe. And I'd locked the car from, obviously I had the key and I locked myself in. But what would happen is if I was drifting off and I'd move, I'd set the alarm off in the car. And that would make me jump. Um, and it's one of the most vulnerable experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, it was awful. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. But I think after about, it was later, it was probably about an hour later, my phone rang. It was one of my friends who, I think to be fair to him, I think, look, he obviously copped something wasn't right here and he checked in with me and I just told him I was playing a cool. I was like, oh no, it was, no, it was grand, I'm in the car. Like, and like he rightly so tore the head off me and uh, I ended up actually, I think the room was full, there was three of them in that room, but I ended up uh, with my head on a rolled up towel on the floor in their hotel room and uh, it's probably the greatest comfort I've ever known. And uh, what it boils down to is number one. My fucking mates are sound. <laughs> I fucking sound like. Um, and, you know, my own reflection is that just these experiences of depreciation and, you know, unworthy punishment upon myself, they're just, they're just <laughs> an example of many clouded moments of confusion and misunderstanding um, of my very well-being. Like, um, However, the positive in that, I think, I think they've played a very important role in my eventual willingness to discover a grasp and manage a doubt and fear. Um, that kind of hits me when life is interrupted. And uh, the lesson there is uh, just don't confuse and not to confuse the want and need to be on your own with uh, isolation and loneliness because uh, it can be disturbing <laughs> and it can lead to kind of irrational decisions like deciding to sleep in your fucking car instead of, instead of being honest with your mates. Uh, so loneliness, loneliness in your heart. That's where it's at. That's where it'll lead you. Be fucking, be open, be proud. Um, look after yourself and uh, be there for your mates as well. That's mental health for you. <sighs> so we'll just take um, a deep breath and a silent pause of reflection after that because... Uh, that was fucking heavy stuff. Um, and that's mental illness for you. That's what it fucking does to you. So, moving moving on uh, to something a bit more light-hearted and inspirational. Um, with reference to uh, a previous episode, where you spoke about sincerity and creativity as a means of inspiration. Um, one of the messages I actually got was somebody told me that they actually checked out the film This Is England and they fucking loved it. Um, I was about to say they rented the video. They didn't rent the video. Whatever they did, Netflix, some illegal streaming, whatever. Um, 
But one person checked out this is England by Shane Meadows and they fucking loved it. So um yeah, that's the type of message I wanna get. Um spread the word of good art and film. Brilliant. So um to carry on the conversation of inspiration, I spoke about those two things that inspire me and to the culmination of those and putting them into art and putting them into action is um is where you can go searching and that's where you're gonna find some seriously good shit if you go onto YouTube, Google, whatever you want to do. Um and I we sat down, I actually had to think about this and said, right, what have I come across in the last year or so? He says that is just still embedded in my mind, um, because I was that blown away by it. And I'm actually delighted to share some with you, because it's close to home. And I think that's why it captivated me so much. Um OJ Adventures, a seventeen year old guy called Oliver from Denmark, about a year and a half ago, he travelled to Dublin, um, and he climbed the fucking pool bag chimneys. Um, most of you are obviously from Dublin, um, and if you're not, the pool bag chimneys are two hundred seven meters tall, um, two big chimneys of a generator power generator, if that's what you call it, um, that sort of sits right in the middle of Dublin Bay. Um, Red and white towers, stacks, I think is the sort of name they give them. But anyway, this guy fucking travelled all the way to Ireland to climb one of these to the very top. Um, and, my God, <laughs> just this brazen jeopardy, is audacity to try something like this. It has been hit, it has been cemented right into my face. And I grew up in Dublin, I love the seafront, I love these towers. But every time I look at them now, I just think of him climbing that and getting to the top. And uh, that was his dedication to um, the cause of the casual daredevil. Fucking respect, man. Outrageous. So before I expand on um, OJ's physical endangerment, um, a little bit in the Poolbeg Tower, just if you're not from Dublin, or just if you just want to learn a little bit more about him, um, Look, they're very much statues of an industrial past, um, quite iconic, quite representative of Dublin as a city. Um, the generator station, it's, it's, they're decommissioned, they haven't been used since 2010. The generator station was built, I think, in the 60s, and the two towers themselves were built, I think, first one was built in 71, second one followed kind of late 70, 78, 79. Um, but obviously, with the evolution of electricity and power supply which I know fucking nothing about um, they were shut down and I remember there was outrage it was a plan to kind of scrap them knock them down and I think people lost their shit like and I think in about 4 or 5 years ago they were actually there was a preservation order putting them there now protective structures and um, which is deadly. There's a lot of history there. I know the generator station um the early 1900s, it was previously a military barracks um, just for officer accommodation, which actually got me thinking with the base of where that is, um, right in the heart of Dublin Bay, in the middle of fucking winter. It must have been absolutely harrowing for officers, soldiers, sort of sitting up there. Um, I've tried looking into that a bit more. And I actually, I got into a local historian about it to see if he knew anything about it. And... Uh, he actually never got back to me, but uh, I've been trying to fish into that a little bit more, um, just to see what comes up. So, what I love about them, right, here's what I love about these towers. Number one, 
as I said, it's it's quite a pocal of sort of where I live. Um, it's recognisable. You're flying in on the plane. You're going to see these two things. You're anywhere in Dublin, particularly along the coast. You're going to see them. Um, but what I love is they're not works of art. They're actually quite fucking ugly. Um, and especially when you get up close, that entire area, it's um, it's a little bit overwhelming. Um, and that's what I love about it. There's still something beautiful about it, um, despite the fact they lack... Uh, any kind of artistic value. They're just two fucking chimneys that are sort of rusting away. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they're not being knocked. They remind me of Dublin. They remind me of home. Um, and they also remind me of a fucking mad Danish bastard that um, climbed them as well. So uh, yeah, deadly. So back to OJ. Um, my man. I came across this when it was November 2016. My son Jace was only a couple of days old, a couple of weeks old maybe, and I was obviously spending a lot of time <laughs> with sleepless nights and going through a lot of stuff on YouTube and hooking stuff up to the telly. Um, and that's when this popped up. I think a video actually went viral. So I love what he done. He basically records his journey um, through not, ju not just climbing the towers, the, to keep calling them towers, the chimneys, not just climbing the chimneys, he records how he actually gets into the, the site itself. Um, and even that's interesting because he's walking through this derelict building and there's these old barrels, these wooden barrels, and all this equipment is just abandoned. And it's deadly, it's the middle of the day, there's security around the place and he still manages to get himself in. Um, I hooked this up to the telly and like I was holding on to me couch watching this. As I said, he has a GoPro on his forehead and he's looking over the edge as he's climbing the ladder. Um, there's a cap on the top of these chimneys. When he gets to the top, he throws on a selfie stick to give you just the full perspective and um, a kind of a panoramic view of Dublin from the top. Like, you literally see me housing it. It's, uh, it's fucking mind-blowing. But he dangles over the edge and he's sitting there with his legs hanging over the edge and he's comfortable. He's completely comfortable. Like, he's just... He's so at one at the fact that he's in fucking danger, like, um, and he looks so relaxed. It's actually amazing to watch. So I looked into him. I, I looked up to see if I could find out a bit more about him. So naturally, this is what happens when you start looking at videos on YouTube with a newborn baby. Uh, hours upon hours have passed. And uh, OJ, he's got up to a lot of stuff. He... Um, Dublin was nothing. He went to Slovenia afterwards, climbed the tallest tower in Europe, um, 360 metres. Now, the top of this actual chimney in Slovenia, it's not capped. It's basically like a fucking tin as a wall. And he's up the top of this thing, walking around it, not a bother on him. Um, and I read a quote. He did an interview, a couple of papers, and I read a quote, a couple of quotes he's popped out. And uh, one is that, He's a firm believer that every once in a while we should feel the need to endanger ourselves. And on what he does, he says, it's all about controlling fear, controlling movement and using it to your advantage. Um, that's fucking adrenaline. That's excitement. And um, I'm not endorsing what he does. I wouldn't tell you to climb the stairs, never mind the tower. But go watch it. OJ Adventures on YouTube. Fucking amazing. So in the aftermath of uh, eight hours of YouTube, um, looking not just at OJ, but various people across the world undertaking um, 
crazy adventures in um, in the form of urban exploration, uh, I sent the Dublin video onto a lot of people, a lot of friends and that, work colleagues, and a lot of people got back to me saying they actually couldn't watch it, said they'd just be dizzy, um, said it was too much, like, and then I had a couple of people getting back then saying they just thought it was ridiculous that it was nothing more than clickbait and a guy looking to build up a following and look for a load of likes and I completely disagree with it in this example because I think for this guy there are a lot of easier ways to build up a following and get some likes than fly to another country uh, take all sorts of legal risks and obviously the risk that you could actually fall and die there's easier ways of going about to, to build up your profile um, and I think it brings back to sort of the original prompt of this conversation about uh, this guy I, I think he's sincere in what he does um, I love to pick his brain I'd love to find out a bit more as to what sort of thrill he gets from it but just from the interviews he's done it seems to be about finding peace in a place of chaos in a place of threat and a place of danger and as he sort of states and as you can see in his videos and he's done loads of stuff like he scuts in the back of trains he hangs off cranes actually at home in Denmark he's a couple of videos up hanging off cranes and his quote on that was what was it it's beautiful how a crane climb can clear your mind completely and um, I'm sure he's right you'd be that focused on just sort of maintaining your life there'd be nothing else you'd be worrying about so it's similar when people say they do a parachute jump it's like every worry they've ever had in their life disappears because they're just so terrified and so um, so immersed in what's actually going on. So I think that's the place he's kind of coming from. Um, it's still outrageous. It's um, it's daredevil stuff. It's urban exploration at its most extreme. Um, but do check it out. And if you have any recommendations of, of similar videos along these lines or... Um, if you do get a chance to have a look at this video, get back to me um, at performance underscore doc on Instagram. Drop us a message and uh, I'd love to hear what you think of this because uh, a year and a half later, it's still at the forefront of my mind. Um, there you go. OJ Adventures. Sincerity and creativity at the wildest end.